This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. 95% of Uber Eats orders are on time, which is great. Because when I want my spicy shrimp pad thai, I want it on time. Because, baby, there's no time like the present, especially when it's pad thai related. But on the off chance your order is late, Uber Eats will give you three months, $0 delivery fee with a free Uber One membership. On time, pad thai, baby. On time claim based on latest arrival time shown after order is placed. Offer ends to 19-2023. Current Uber One members not eligible. Subscription will auto-renew at $9.99 each month, starting three months from initial enrollment. Uber.com slash Uber One for terms. Benefits available only for eligible stores. Order minimums apply. Strap yourself in because we're set up, switched on, and ready to go. You are watching and listening to Chris and Lester Till I Die TV on YouTube and your favorite podcasts. Should I not ask? Um, <laughs> what I found quite funny was just doing that intro there. You may notice that I always start the shows with starting soon. <sighs> Can somebody tell me when Leicester are going to start? Because I think we're still in the tunnel waiting to come out in that game. Um, I don't know. Were we bad? Were Arsenal too good for us? Um, 
Let us know your thoughts on Arsenal for Leicester City 2. This is Leicester's Lie Die TV. Above me, you can see where all our socials are, and as well as, obviously, the uh, one at the end, which is the podcast one. We're on all the major podcast platforms. Here's where we are. Watch us on YouTube. Listen on your favourite podcast platform. Or ask your smart speaker to play the podcast Leicester Till I Die. Broadcasting live worldwide. Let me know your thoughts, please, please, in, in, in the chat. Brad will be joining us in, in a minute. I just... I've t- I, I did I did the watch along today, and I was having problems getting the stream, so I, I didn't really get a full picture of um, of how Leicester played uh, for long for long uh, long bits of the game. Um, but like I said before, just were we that bad, or were Arsenal, who I've got to be totally honest with you, looked really on it today. Um, I predicted them to be fourth in the top four. I think they will. They played so well. They made some great signings in the summer, you know. And as one of the headlines said today, Jesus answered Arsenal's prayers. <laughs> I know I didn't write that, but uh, it was 4 2. I mean, we've got our own Jesus, and what happens? Brad, good evening. Well, I'll say evening to you. Uh, I was about to say, what's good about it? Um, that was not fun, was it? I mean, I didn't expect much from this game, um, yeah. but well, it's going to be fun to. It's, well, it's not. It's not going to be fun to delve into. It's going to be painful to delve into, but it's going to be interesting to delve into it, Chris. It is, and I mean. If if we'd been looking now at a two nil result, which is basically the same, would we be feeling as bad? I mean, there's just so many schoolboy errors in that. You know, what do they say when you scored a goal? That is when the opposition are the most dangerous, and we got hit not once but twice. Brendan made some substitutions at half time. And we'll go through all these bits. In I've, 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 you'll be pleased to know I've got a lot of notes down here. Um, what the hell was Amarty doing on that pitch again? And you know I like Amarty. I thought he was our most improved player last season. But after last week's game, what the hell was he still doing on the pitch? Why were no changes made at half-time? Because you could see how shit things were going for us. But obviously, Brendan couldn't. Um, and I, I have... And I am a, as you know... I was, shall we say, a, a, a Brendan a Brendan in sort of guy. I just not sure anymore. Uh, and I've just got to say this, you know, is it is it time now for the taxi? Um or or, or does he, you know, do we say, well it's still still early? I mean, let's see what Brendan had to say at the end of the game. The answer is I don't have the first damn clue. My answer is I don't have the first damn clue. You can kind of believe that. 
Well, I mean, you know, we sat here and we're trying to come after the storm of the Brentford game. Probably sitting and saying, oh, one game, okay, yeah, okay, there was some issues that needed to be fixed, but la, 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 and all this. And we were probably going, all right, it's Arsenal away. You know, I can lose to Arsenal, especially away, because our record is beyond horrific. Yeah. But taking that aside, I could lose to Arsenal away if you play well for the entire game and you give all you've got. If you still get beat, you still get beat because Arsenal were good. I'm not going to want to sit here and, and, and oh, say it's all They well. deserved it. They were outstanding. Yeah, I, I, I've, got, I've got them as fourth place and I think they will be very unlucky yeah. if they don't end up there. To be fair, they scored all six goals today. Because all were in the right net. One was an own goal, and Ramsdale let it go between his legs. That's that's the biggest rookie mistake I've ever seen. And we wanted him in number one at, in the Oros. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, but I mean, as they say, I'm going to be honest with you. Every cloud has a silver lining. Manchester United, as things stand, are bottom of the league. Maybe our 2-2 against Brentford last week doesn't look so bad now that they are stuffing Man United 4-0. But everybody, clip the clip the Premier League today. And I'm not being horrible, but this will be the main story, obviously, on everybody's lips tonight. Match of the day and everything. Um, but, I mean, they've managed to keep it 0-0 in the... Uh, in the second half, at least. But yeah, Man United are bottom of the league. Uh, let's just catch up with a few comments at the start. Scott, good afternoon, good evening, good morning, good day. Maybe we should have started with the team we finished with. I seem to have more fights second half. I'm going to go on to that very point, Scott, soon. David, hello, Chris, again. Nice to see you again, David. Um, hello, Chris. I'm upset that we looked off the pace at almost every point in the game, other than when Nacho came on. Defence was pathetic, to be honest. Watch every builder without trying to harass them. Scott said Arsenal well and deserved the win. I've got to agree with you, and I think uh, I think Brad does as well. Uh, Facebook user, they could have battered us, to be fair, but taking second-half chances could have ended at a 4-4. I don't think it could, to be honest with you. I think... You know, it could have ended. It could have been. It could have been embarrassing. It could have ended up embarrassing. Uh, David, I don't care that Arsenal as a unit is much better than us now, but really we looked good for maybe the first twenty minutes, and at the end when Nacho came on with Daka, uh, David, I really like Brendan. But I watched this game. And I almost wonder if he tried to lose by playing a format that couldn't win. And you play three at the back and one up front. Why not Nacho and Vardy? from the start you know there's just so many questions and i've got to say i've got a lot here that i'm going to go through with you brad uh, as we talk about the game um but i just when i when i saw the team announced i mean you like you say mate like you say 32 times we've oh, 33 times now we've played arsenal in the premier league at some point in our history going back to the o'neill days We've won five. We've only in that time ever won one at the Emirates. So I wasn't actually going into this game with a lot of hope in my heart. But surely it's the way you perform. And when I saw that team that he put out to start with, I just, I don't see why 
he was still, you know, starting with the Marty still. Can you explain that? Am I being am I being unfair here? No, no, you're not being unfair. I just I find myself feeling sorry for Amati because I wasn't voicing a disgruntled move against Brentford because we have seen painfully and not just with Brendan, right. hmm. with, with, with any Leicester manager, we have seen that when this team tries to play a three-man back line, it falls to ever-loving crap. It cannot play it. And, I, I will, you know, a lot of the points I'm going to be short and sweet with, because obviously there's a lot that you've seen that I'll go into it more in depth. The reason behind, you know, the people's frustrations. And, and you know, every comment that's coming is actually right. And I'll do that more when my segment comes up. But Amarty is the scapegoat for Evans and Fafana because Evans is now the club captain and, and very much liked. Amarty, because he's a split's opinion, and Fafana because he's he's currently the god of defending right now across the globe, you'd think. And I'm not saying he's not really world-class. We know he is. We know he's really is, you know, doing us a favour by <laughs> choosing us and staying with us now because God help, God help us when he goes. Um, but nobody can play that three. We've seen Castagne sit in that three, can't play it. We've seen Ricardo in that three, can't play it. Thomas, we've seen them all. So it's not just the Marty, it's just the, the league wing. The, 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 I'll try saying that sentence as more correct as our performance was. The weak link. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, I take that point. And when I'm, as you look, you know, I like a Marty, you know, not necessarily first choice but he's a great squad player and i i went last season from moaning when i heard his name announced for the uh for the um community shield starting lineup to giving him i think i said he was my most improved player um but, but i said i don't want to blame him i'm blaming brendan for picking him because you look you know he was playing on the left of a back three he's right footed for Sake, you know, well, we've, got you're we've got yeah, sat on the bench, yeah. And, and, and again, I think you blame Brendan for picking anybody in that third position because, as you know, spoiler alert, in my team lineup, I think I've got a Marty on the right, so I never mm. fathomed the idea that a guy whose predominant other positions are on the right side of the field would be on the left side. I blame Brendan for putting him there. I blame yes. Brendan for specifically playing him there. And I also blame Brendan for um, making it so he has to play there. Because with this five subs rule, and I will agree with the people that suggested ending, starting the next game, which won't happen, I'm afraid to say, but starting the next game the way we ended it with the formation-wise, because we just eliminate half our problems and can still play the football that we start off with. But... It's going to be his own stubbornness that yeah. costs him this. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think you're right. Like I say, you know, you, you, if Soyun Chu is well, is well enough um, to be on the subs bench for two games, if he is, um, his head is right enough with all the talk of him leaving to put him on the subs bench and he's left footed, I don't get it. I just do not get Brendan's thought there. And having watched the last game, I mean, you know, I've got here, Amarty was at fault for the second goal because he just, you know, he lost the player who was supposed to be marking. He ran round in front of him and was too far in front of him and it went over his head. But 
should he be in that position? No, because Brendan shouldn't be picking him. <laughs> to be oh, honest well, with you, it's yeah. either it's either not it's either not picking him or putting him on the right side, isn't it? Because you well, would or, probably or Sancho or Sancho and have him on the bench. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But again, I mean, I I would still stretch that the three at the back is just doomed to failure for one of them, whoever it is. So whether it's yeah, oh, God, yeah. I'm not a three at the fan, uh, three at the back fan by any stretch of the imagination. You know. Uh, in fact, I I would go so far as to say... Ladies and gentlemen, England will be playing 4-4-fucking-2. Four, four, I'm sorry, yeah. I'm, old school. I'm old school, but three at the back, however way you want to... And I've only obviously got that that, that quote, I haven't got any other 3 5 yeah. two, seven, five, six, whatever. Um, but um, I just... Yeah, I, I, I just like you say... It's not, it's not working. We don't play well with the three. We can all see it as fans. Why can't Brendan? You know, Brendan, you know, I, I've tried to stick by you for so long. I'll criticise you on odd games. You know, the famous, you know, when he when he's brought Vestergaard on against West Ham, I will criticise him. But, I, you know, I was thinking he was the man to take us forward. Now, I'm not saying he gets sacked in the morning, don't get me wrong, but I'm beginning to have those doubts. Yeah, and and the fuss, the really really frustrating part is, um, you could see it coming. Mm. You could see it coming, uh, and it's really frustrating how clear it is where the issues lie with this squad. And it, it, I'm now at the point where you know normally I jest because I am one of them. You know the game, you know the football managing games I play in, and and, and, and yeah. what I do. And how, and how you look at it and you're thinking maybe it is really just that simple and Rodgers is just really that stubborn and and, and, and that set in, in, in a way that you just can't see it. I, again, and I, I, I won't answer this now why I'm making this statement, but I will say one thing that does concern me that I don't blame Rodgers for is why the players can't play this particular second way that we saw against Brentford and what happened the second Arsenal scored to how we played. Um, I think the players have to take some blame for that, but that's something I'll come across yeah. later on, that, that, that little part there. Letting in four goals. Um, Ward had a couple of uh, unfortunate comings together with Fafana. <laughs> I don't know whether they're talking to each other or not. Um I know that there's going to be shouts as Emma shouldn't have let Schmeichel go. Would that have been any different if Schmeichel, when well, we conceded from a corner again, but at least he, he seemed to try and come out for it? I mean, first of all, it's, there's absolutely nothing he can do about that first goal. That that deserves it. You know, I'm, I'm going to, you know, yeah. fair play. That goal deserves it. Martinelli won the last one. Again, there's not really much he can do. He's got the freedom of the park. That's what Madison yeah. and the Orient Tenements and even Jewsbury Hall love to see. Um, and and do you remember, Chris, I'm going to try and jog your memory here. Do you remember a game against Doncaster Rovers? I think it was in, in the championship when we first had Casper and he spilled it into his own net. He, and we lost that game 1-0. I think we lost it. It was the only goal. He came and caught it and it slipped out of his grasp and it hit his chest and rolled over the line. He tried to scoop it out and it already, the goal would have been given. It had clearly cost him by a mile. And that was, I think that was early in Casper's career as number one. 
And as soon as I saw it, I was angry and I was thinking, oh God, oh my God, we're signing number three and we all made this is a disaster. Didn't we? I Peter Taylor flashbacks, mate. I was having PTSD. <laughs> Peter Taylor sodding <laughs> disaster yeah. was going to be yeah. not, not right. And then I thought back to that moment. And I thought back to a couple of moments in, in early on in his career where and I know Casper was a little bit younger than Wood when he took over, but you know, the first opportunity to play first team football properly at a high standard and, and He's been very good up until that disaster of a moment where, Ward, where's your friend, mate? Why, why are you so casual with that one hand? You yeah. you can see Fofana's there. And I, I, he takes full responsibility for that goal, yeah. But um, I can't remember how the other one went in now. Um, but yeah, I, 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 he's got that defence in front of him, being playing the way that, and I'm going to say told, I'm going to say, Tom, because it cannot be a coincidence, 27 games playing the same style every time we concede a goal or we're one or two in a lot cannot be a coincidence. Yeah. Um, playing away the told, he's going to have them goals go past him. So, my yeah, yeah, it's what he did at close range. And he did stop, he did make a few good saves, to be fair, when he was called upon. Oh, yeah, he, had a he made a couple of good saves, yeah. yeah. So, I, I just thought I'd throw out that Doncaster memory that was lodged in my brain in the vault, the Leicester vault somewhere and see if anyone remembers it because that was people were spitting feathers and that at, at Schmeichel then so I'm not too concerned yet yeah now we've got to, we've got to look to that you know that you know it is only his is the second game of the season in that position but you know I mean I've got to say it. this scrap VAR scrap it this weekend over the international break because it's worthless pointless a total waste of time I mean, I don't know. Did they get it right with the penalty? Yeah, they did. It was soft. It was it was the minimalist of contact. Uh, Fardy's very good at them, but he's not won a penalty that soft since pre-VAR days. And that's the system being used right. I've got to say, I'll, I'll always be as honest as I can with VAR on how I saw it. It's never a penalty. And to be honest with you, apart from, apart from when it was nil-nil, we didn't deserve a goal from that game. In fact, I even tweeted saying Arsenal generous to give us two to give two goals for us by switching off. Yeah, but if it wasn't a penalty, because I I was having this argument as I was doing the watch along with Miss Molina, and I was having this argument that if there's contact, it's a penalty, whether it's light contact or full contact. That if you make contact enough for a player to go down, it is therefore by, by definition, it's a penalty. If he hasn't made contact, who's gone down, then Vardy should have got a yellow card for diving. So one of those two things had to happen there. No, actually, funny enough, there's a there is contact, but nowhere near enough for Vardy to have bailed over. And I didn't see, and I don't know if anybody, you know, I'm assuming if you went the game, you must have got a better angle than what I was able to see in, in, in replays and that because my stream was down as well. But I don't know where that ball goes after Vardy gets it past Ramsdale or where it goes and what the situation is. Vardy's very good at buying a penalty and I think he was hoping Ramsdale would go on the full stretch and if he did that, it was a penalty. It was going to take Vardy out. You know, there's no argument. He gets contact so he can't be done for simulation but it's not a penalty in, in the fact that Barney shouldn't be going down there. If anything, he should be trying to stay on his feet because he might look up and realise if I draw that across the goal, there's another chance for another own goal there or, or some someone in blue getting 
on the end of it because that's all that we were chasing to get a ball in. He might have finally had an half open net and could have scored. We don't know. And that's... We had a few moments where players disappointed me today with some of the things they're doing. I was so disappointed because we've known Vardy does that all along, so I don't want to be too harsh, but I was a little bit like... Mm. I understand it in a way, but I shouldn't have to understand it because he tried to buy a penalty in a way. Um, mm. It just wasn't a penalty. But... Yeah. From where the referee was... Yes. It looked a penalty. It was a penalty yeah, from where he done. was positioned... It was a penalty. I think you have to David, that was this a clear and obvious error? And I have got to say, despite what I've just said, because obviously I'm playing devil's advocate here to to, to Brad. um, Yeah. It was a clear and obvious error because when, and and it took about, in fairness, it took about four uh, different angles for me to say, it was only on the last one that went, yeah, actually. (laughs) And it was like literally looking straight down at them with sort of in front of you. Um, So I think it was a clear and obvious error in that occasion, but it took about four different views. And I didn't see that the referee was going to, um, I didn't even know he was going to go over to the, to the monitor because I say my stream was playing up, but you know, when that happens and he's going to, they're going to change the mind, you know, uh, Terry said he's still. Um, uh, I'm still keeping my opinions to myself until five games at home and five games away. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it, it is old early doors. It, it is indeed. Uh, Scott says ball went out for a goal kick. I thought penalty. I say I did first of all, but you know, after that, no. And then yeah. for me, half time. Now yeah. looking at that half time performance. And I'm going to quickly run through my points and then, you know, we'll get on yeah. to general game and then we'll get on to your, 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 um, your analysis, which is great this week at the end. But when I look at that performance in the first half, I've got an Arsenal fan saying to me, why the hell is Amarty on the pitch? And like I say, I don't want to get into a blame game with Amarty. Like I say, he's been told to play in a position where he's falling over his own feet. So at half-time... You make substitutions. That is when you make substitutions. None were made, and I think it was the 67 minutes when Tielemans came on. And we went, we went to 3-1. We went down to 3-1 and still no subs. And then finally Tielemans and, um, came off, who I thought had an absolutely awful game. I don't know whether he was being, trying to be nice because he's playing against his future employees, but if he was actually trying to show off how good he was, I'm sure Arsenal would actually say, oh, if we've written the cheque, rip it up, because it was that awful today. Um, and then, and Amati went off, but this was 62 minutes, like I say. By then, we'd conceded yet another goal. Uh, and then Daka came on. Now, Vardy had a bad game, right? And again, you could argue that he wasn't getting the service, etc., etc. But when you've got one player like that, do you bring on another player who plays as Daka does exactly the same way? Because if Vardy's not going to get into the game, how the fuck is Daka going to get into the game? Uh, I think his idea was... He, he, and again, it's predictability. I mean, you, you, you're giving him the option in saying, saying that he had an idea. I mean, that's a... <laughs> I wonder about that. The idea is he's so predictable of how Brendan's become because it's the it's the it's the transition that look, Brandon obsesses over 
that sometimes, and this this only seems to happen when we're losing. So he's got a he's got a transition period for when we're winning or drawing, and he's got a transition period for when we're losing the game. And when we're losing the game, like we were today, um, what he does is he'll stay with the formation, send it really deep, so it sits way back. He'll rest Jamie Vardy because he knows of his age and he wants to keep him being able to start and play as many games as, as possible. We know that for a fact. And then he'll put Dakar on. And then what he'll do is, depending on how the result goes, he'll either stay that way or he'll sense an opportunity and that opportunity will allow him to go, right, the game's lost so we can rest players or we'll get a goal out of nothing and we'll be back in it. And what he'll do is then he'll make the Amarty change. Then he'll take the terms up. But everybody had a bad game today, in my opinion. But again, we're going to... And then it changes to that too. And that's what baffles everybody because by the time we start that and it gets an instant impact reward, it still hasn't had a chance to settle. And, and lo and behold, I, I mean, Arsenal shooting today, you know, they could have had 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. However many shots they had, they could have probably scored I'm, the ball. I'm going to be on to that in a second. But then Inacho finally came on for Vardy. And yeah. I'm thinking... This is it because Inacho was holding the ball up. Yeah, I did. I'm not sure. I think Inacho actually did he did he not set up Vardy's, uh, not Vardy's Madison, Madison goal. goal. Yes, yeah. yes, he did. And I'm thinking, why the fuck wasn't that done at the start? Because if Vardy's not into the game, like I say, fucking El Daka's not going to be into the game. Get somebody on who can hold the ball up until Daka can get into a position, or Madison or whoever else is playing. I, again, substitutions, I do not get it. Four were made by Arsenal. Three, at least he's gone up by two. Three were made by Leicester. Should he have made more? Yeah, he should have. And he should have made the impact at different times. He should have, um, again, this is sad to say, but predictably, he shouldn't have done what he was going to do when Arsenal scored. He shouldn't have told the players to play the way he was going to do. What he should have done is shuffled um, Ndidi forward a bit, put Amate forward into the defensive midfield role whilst he got his subs prepared, taken Amate off, taken, dragged him out of the fire pit that we chucked him into by playing through it back, swapped the formation, and we should have done that. We should have done that at 1-0. And people might say that sounds ridiculous and drastic, but it, I know it might sound like it's imagination and making this... Sh- this crap up. Try not to be too swearing, mate. I've sworn. We have- <laughs> we're allowed, when we lose, we're allowed to swear. Let me just say that. <laughs> yeah. But before we played like that, I was a shite. And I sound like I'm making it up, but I'm not. For, for what was it, 15, 20 minutes before they scored? Because that was a great game of football I was watching. Yeah. I mean, I even tweeted before I literally got the notification on my phone, pretty much, I think it was. Have I just witnessed Fafana go from defender to striker back to defender in the same attack? And we did actually play well for a bit, but again, we got the situation which meant aggression. I was sat here with Melina watching it. For the first 20 minutes, she was absolutely moaning about about Arsenal. She was moaning about Arsenal, saying, oh, we're not in the game. And I'm like, wow, okay, (laughs) you know. well, I mean, I'd have been pulling the air out being an Arsenal fan if I'd have seen their centre-back running out, running out our back line. I mean, Gordon Bennett, the way he hit the shot, I thought, I had to, I had to stop and go like that. I had to get close to the phone to make sure I was fine to shoot and get into the box. I thought, 
<laughs> Louise, welcome along. Uh, Bristol City's fans in, Anthony. Um, how did Bristol City get on today, mate? Just asking for a friend. Um, did the did the early booking of Fafana kind of? It had, must have had him on edge. It was an early booking. Um, that, that referee was stopping the game at every opportunity he could. Yeah, I think a lot of people, a lot of people, normally fear a red card or expecting a red card in the afternoon when the referee shows a card early. Um, there could have probably been a few more. Uh, Arsenal fans will probably argue with a few decisions that went their way or didn't go their way, and Leicester may have argued that there should have been a card or two dished out. But I don't know. I mean, we can sit here as much as we like and do our duties as as people for the club and players and whatnot. The fans will not say that. Oh well, he's not going. Fafana's not going Chelsea. He's not doing this, and this won't happen unless they pay this much. And it doesn't matter how much we believe the talk, the fact that it won't go away, the fact that it's 8, 9, 10, 15, 20 articles a day getting pumped out about it, you still have to remember that this is a young professional football. And I actually will say today, and I, I kind of look back at that moment, that I, I know I just picked it up saying he ran from centre-back to, to be <laughs> strike partner for Vardy, mm. you know, and, and that. But I feel he tried too hard today. And I'm not saying he was doing that to impress... Chelsea or PSG or whatever. I think he was doing that to try and shake from his brain. He just wanted to concentrate his football and do the right thing. And and again, this this is another point maybe towards the problem that he looked at there was a few players today that seemed to look frustrated. Not I mean, obviously frustrated at the scoreline when we were 2 0 down, but I think they looked even more slumped and frustrated because they knew what that meant they were going to how they were going to change and play. Uh, and that's something that does concern me, if, if, if nothing else concerns me about today's game. And uh, Louise, sorry, I didn't get my words out there. Um, no, I don't think they put a bid in for Fafar, not another one yet, that I've seen anyway. Um, she says, I'm not worried about the season, it's too early. I do get what you mean, but look at the start of last season we were very very lucky against wolves yes we won it one nil but if wolves have had their shooting boots on we'd have got stuffed i don't know who the second game was last season but you could see within those first few games that mm, this is going to be a tough season yeah i and, mean i un- sorry go on, no, go on. Go on chris sorry carry on, carry on mate carry on sorry no, it's right. I was just going to say that in, in argument to this point. I, I understand that, and I do say it's still way too early to even make a decision because you're making it off shock. If you if you sack him now, you're making it off shock, and you've got to allow a manager. But I would ask you, Louise, go and take that game and watch it 90 minutes side by side to Arsenal away last season. And I don't think you'll see much difference. You'll see Leicester in the game right up until Arsenal scored. And then you'll see Leicester playing defensive, not being able to get out of their own half, being pressed. And, and, and I don't think you'll see much difference in the way we lost both them games, minus the extra goals thrown in for, you know, for, yeah. for shits and giggles. Uh, that, I think that's the biggest problem people have. And, and the reason people may be able to justify the idea that I'm just seeing last season again. And it's perfectly more acceptable for people to say, I'm seeing what I saw last season. Well, that's a fair enough reason to have... The idea that Brendan needs to be replaced. If it does come to that, I just hope the club don't do it too late and also then go and make the right point. 
I think, and I said this before, just to divert a little bit off topic, but in response yes. to what you're saying, I, I honestly believe we've got the World Cup break coming up mid-November. That's for four weeks, and um, we come back, kick off Boxing Day, which is a week before the transfer window opens, or six days before the transfer window opens on the 1st of January. And I think there'll be a lot of managers looking over their shoulders when that World Cup kicks off, because that's, I think, when a lot of the club owners and chief executives mm. and all those will be looking at it and going like, can we make a decision? Now's the time to do it, because we can get a new manager in, yeah. you can work with the squad that's still here, and then he'll be here ready for the start of the, the window, and he'll, he'll know what he wants. So I think yeah. there'll be a lot of people, uh, a lot of managers worried when the World Cup kicks off, which is obviously kicking off now a day earlier, because FIFA hadn't... Uh, Made realized that, well, I think they had realized they made the cock, cock up in letting Qatar kick off second, uh, have the second match, which would have been a bit late in the evening for them, and they would have made it really nice and cooler. And they've now FIFA being FIFA have decided, oh no, they're the they're the hot they're the home home team. Maybe they should be kicking off um, first. So well done FIFA for catching up with the rest of the world. I want to ask yeah. you this though, Brad, and I. This is this is the thing I've got at the back of my mind, and I and I can't get it out of my mind. Is that Brentford last 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 week? We were, it was two tale of two halves. We're really good in the first half, bang average in the second half. Today we have played a team that is evolving and is getting better, and have made some top class substitutions. I mean, apparently some of the, the Arsenal fans are saying that they've been given Manchester City cast-offs. Well, I'll tell you what, I think most clubs would have taken them, cast-offs or not. Um, and I'm, and I say I've got them to finish fourth. I think they've had a really good, I think Arteta's going to change things around. He just now needs the time. But they've made some excellent signings. They've got rid of the troublemakers. Were we that bad, or did we just come up against a team today playing at home that is going to be challenging for one of those top four positions? Oh, we definitely played a very good Arsenal side. I made no, you know, no qualms in speaking about how I rated Arsenal's transfer acquisitions this this, this season. Yeah. You know, they got rid of their three. They 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 finally they finally learned third time was a chance to stop paying people 300 grand a week and they've gone out they've invested their money and they, they, they've they been patient and now they've got good quality um, you know players in Sinchenko was getting in a side that was winning titles Gabriel Jesus was getting in a side that was winning titles yeah. getting, you know Gabriel they, they were both playing in games where they were winning silverware um and it didn't matter what round it was in, they were still doing it, they were still part of it, they were still scoring goals, getting assists, playing well. And, you know, Gabriel Zeus, the price I paid for him was absolute steal. He, I, he was one that I, when I saw that, I thought there's not a chance he's got, he's not, surely not. And now they, when they got him, I thought, this could be somebody that, I don't, I'm not saying he will, but if no. you like to go with your dark horse, you might want to put him on maybe a top three for Golden Boot because he could really thrive under that. I mean, he could have he could have started the season in double figures today. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and he had more of his shooting boots on. But we got he didn't bother lacing them up. Mm. I'm going to come to a comment by David and a comment by Louise um, in a second. But one last question before we go on to, to a couple of slides. I, I, uh, I, I Yesterday, I was on to Arsenal 
channels uh, before we did our Q and A last night. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, it was awful. And I've got to be on. I've got to say to 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 Luca, the Arsenal fan, that within two minutes of the game finishing, sent me his match preview, and I said, and I, and I messaged him. I said, "Why have you sent me that?" And he said, "Oh, I thought we might help each other with viewers." I went. We've just lost 4-2 to you. Do you think I want to really watch an Arsenal fan talking and gloating about it? But I did actually just go because Stephen asked, you know, you know Stephen, don't you? He asked me to go on yeah. his um, his channel last night. And in fairness, I went on with Ant and we got a bit of our own back because we had a bit of a Rogers disagreement, <laughs> which was, he usually has an Arteta disagreement on it. So we got our own back. I thought I'll just nip on to see whether they're still moaning or not. And I typed in, good win for you guys. You deserved it. Well done. Surely nothing to moan about now. Or, or worse of that effect. And you know what? He was moaning. He was moaning at Arteta's game management. You've just won a game 4-2. It's like if you win, if you go out and beat Manchester City next time you play them at the Etihad and you beat them 5-0, you will complain that Arteta had the wrong colour suit on. I mean, I just don't know where these Arsenal fans get off. I really, really don't. But um, but just to go, just to say, get these comments in before we sort of change tack a little bit. Uh, David says, you might want to uh, comment on these, lad. Uh, today was the first, one of the first times that KDH looked ordinary and had no real impact for us. That engine he was missing... Maybe our midfield was too congested once again before we hit long ball too often. Uh, yeah, it was. It was a painful one. It was one to have KDH um, to go missing. Was I mean the whole team did, but the, yeah. Even when I mean, let's be honest home. with you. You know, he's, he's got to have a. But you know, he's not going to have brilliant games every time. Louise, it is a very good point, and it always is. If we get rid of somebody, who would we get in? Uh, you don't know. I mean, who would want to come? Now, you see, you say, and I used to say this, who would want to come? Ancelot, and, and the big names wouldn't, to be honest with you. Mancini would probably look at us and go, no. Uh, we know Ancelotti would because, he, you know, he, 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 he never came to us before. But there will be managers that will go, look how much money Brendan was on. I'll get that. Knowing, because when, when you apply for a job as a manager and you're offered that job, you know that if you're bad at it and you get sacked at it, you're going to get a very nice payoff, thank you very much. There's no other job that I can think of that pays so well for total inadequacy. Yeah, and, and again, I get, I understand uh, Louise's point, and it's just like a good oh, one, yeah, what yeah. is available? There's, you know, there's not enough. My, my, my thing would be against that is I um minus Ranieri because his reputation with Chelsea I am struggling to think of a manager we had in the last 20 years that has been memorable that has got a big name stamp to them that has come with a huge pedigree because people are saying, who would we replace him with? Like, we're expecting the Pep Guardiola, so even though I think he's a fraud, but that's for a debate show. Might think of that myself. Thanks for that, Brad. Good idea for future, Brad. Anyway. Right, one down. Um, one down. 
But you know what I mean? Yeah, gra- what was Gary Megson a pedigree manager? Was Ian Holloway a pedigree manager? Martin O'Neill may have developed a bit of a legacy at Leicester, but he wasn't really a pedigree manager until his time at Leicester, if I'm being honest. Where he managed before, let's be honest, he wasn't, was he, Chris? Not Martin O'Neill. I hadn't really achieved too much in the big wide world of football until he... I mean, let's be honest with you, it, it wasn't long into his, his stint at Leicester that Fowles no, was destined to get him out. It was a, I think it was a lost or a draw or something to get like Sheffield United or something. Sheffield like United, that. indeed it was, yeah. yes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we've never actually had, you know, I say Ranieri because he's Chelsea. You maybe want to push the boat and say Brendan Rodgers because of that one season with Liverpool and Celtic. But we're seeing with the Scottish League that it's returned to normality. Um, can you do it, Chris? You've got far better Leicester history than me. When was the last time you looked at our Leicester manager history? I'm not saying what they've won and what they achieved. What I'm asking is pedigree. Are we talking, have we ever had anything close to uh, Antonio Conte or Roberto are you, Mancini. Are you saying that I can't include Craig Levine in that? Oh, no, <laughs> that, that, was, that was Scottish Leicester. They were obviously in a whole new history book themselves. They were Muck Leicester. That's, that's that, well, talking that of a Talking of, yeah, I tell you the last time I believe we really did it, Ranieri, whilst I thought he was good when he came in, he, uh, you know, he had this reputation. It was said before that he always does well wherever he goes that first season. And then he struggles once he starts tinkering about with the team. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, he, even then, let's face it, he didn't come and you know the the the, the whole football world didn't go. Wow, Ranieri's gone to Leicester. They went what? Ranieri's gone yeah. to that's a bad move. Nobody was bigging him up. So, Brendan Rodgers did get that. But I tell you the last manager that I really, really thought that, um, and a lot of managers came and made their, like Martin O'Neill, he'd just come from Wickham Wanderers. But after us, he, he then had a name for himself. But the last manager that was me, for me was Jock Wallace, who had come yeah. down from Glasgow Rangers um, and... I think he'd just won the treble with them. Sounds familiar, this, doesn't it? I think he'd won it like nine on the trot or something ridiculous when he came to us. And the, and literally, they all, the whole football world just went, what? And that was the last time I can remember. But you don't necessarily yeah. want a manager like that. You know, would we want yeah. a Mourinho or somebody like that? We couldn't afford a Conte because they'd just want to spend millions and millions and millions. But... Yeah. You know, like you I say, you could, uh, yeah, and I only make that point just to counter argue people saying, Oh, well, who would have go after it? Well, who are you expecting? That would be the better question because if you're expecting us to go after an Ancelotti or whatever, yeah. you want us to go after a Benitez, you've got to look at our club history, yeah, in terms of its managerial appointments. It's very, very rarely less to make a managerial appointment, and you've only named three. And Rogers is out of push because of I'm, I'm saying that, I'm saying it's out of push. That kind of made Leicester fans go, how the hell have we done that? Yeah. And one of them was before I was born. No, I, I agree. I agree totally. Right, we are going to do your favourite bit, uh, which is stats, but there's a reason I want to do it. I know you don't like it, but we'll do that straight after this. Hello, Matt Elliott here. Hi, Alan Smith here. Hey guys, Ian Hume here. Hi everybody, Jerry Taggart here. Be sure to watch. 
Chris and Leicester Till I Die TV for all the latest Leicester City news and information. You can also subscribe on YouTube and various social media channels for the latest updates and news on Leicester City Football Club. Come on, you foxes! Indeed, do what Jerry Taggart and they all say there. Subscribe to the channel, please, if you haven't already. And if you are subscribed, please smash the likes. And talking of um, talking of Jerry Taggart, if you go onto uh, my Facebook or my um, Twitter and just scroll down, you will see Jerry's wife and um, the uh, and, and and a couple of their best friends are doing a walk. I'm not going to pronounce the mountain because I don't know it, but they are raising money for the Cyril Regis Foundation. And I know what you can say to me, well, you know, the, not Leicester and all this, but Jerry Taggart was very, very good friends with Cyril Regis. Jerry Taggart is a great friend of the channel. You know, he's an ex-player. He doesn't have to talk to us and whatever. He said he'll probably come on later in the year. Um, got a lot of respect for, and time for the guy. And let's face it, he nearly strangled Dennis Wise on the pitch. So you've got you to love him just for that. So get over to the Just Giving page. Make sure you donate. Press the old tax button and everything and, and give him some support. And if nothing else, it gives him 10 days of peace and quiet, he said, with his wife not being there. So that's very much worth it just for that. Um, now, the thing I want to do with this is I'm surprised at the 50-50. I'm not going to lie to you with the possession, but we'll ignore possession because it's not worth the paper it's written on. But goal attempts, 19 to Arsenal, 6 to Leicester, two of which were on goal. I mean, is that good enough? And I know I I went through this last season, and it is a bugbear of mine, and I will be coming back to it every time. Six shots, I mean, come on. It's just not good enough for a Premier League team. No, and the thing is, Arsenal probably have one of them for us. I don't know if it'd count that. I don't <laughs> think they're in goal. Very true. Uh, Very true. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think they do count own goals as a shot towards it, unless they're classing it as a shot off target, maybe. It's maybe one of them shot off targets that's ended up going off his head. As, uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't think it would be. But we... Sadly, the saddest thing is we probably had five of them six shots if it's not including the own goal in that first 20 minutes because mm. apart from the little... And I'll tell you what, one spark of a joy from that second half, apart from the full-time whistle, so all them poor Leicester fans could go home, um, was the reverse pass from Ian Atro for Madison's goal. Regardless of how poor Ramsdale was with, with letting him get an nutmeg on him, um, that was a glimmer of hope. That, um, that I saw from there because it was a lovely bit of intricate play. This is, you know, it's a thing that I thought I'd never see Leicester doing that entire 90 minutes after they, they took the lead because uh, it was the only time of it. Yeah, it, 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 indeed. I mean, it, it is a case of, I mean, look, I mean, I just corner kick 6 2. I mean, we conceded from a corner again, and we touched on this earlier. Um, yeah. I mean, we've got a set-piece coach coming in, um, but he can't come in. It's a joke he can't get in because of a visa problems or whatever. Um, I, 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 I don't know. Sometimes it's becoming it's becoming like a soap opera. 
honestly, mate, this this chart probably does tell the story of how it feels. If you said to a non-footballing fan, there is four divisions in England, what division are these two teams in? They just played each other. You'd probably say Leicester are in the second division and Arsenal are in the first division because that looks like an FA Cup third round game, doesn't it? Where the plucky underdogs have tried to see out as much as they can. They probably had it 2 0 to the very end, and Arsenal nicked it two late goals in the Dolphins and told. That's what it feels like. I, I, I listened to and watched it in, in, in patches because this is probably the only time that the stats don't tell a lie, mate. They tell how the game was because it's all red. All red in, in, in the good areas that you need it to be in to win a football game. Yes. Yeah. I've just put the link in the chat, by the way, for the Just Giving page. It is, like I say, supporting underprivileged children. If it's only a fiver or a tenner, just please get over there and help Jerry. Like I say, he always helps us. So I'm I'm more than happy to, uh, to, to try and help him back. And, well, are you... Oops, I got rid of Brad then instead of the <laughs> thing. But... Are you ready, ladies and gentlemen? It is time for Brad's Tactics. You are watching Leicester Till I Die TV with Chris and Chumps. YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and Pinterest. All you need for everything Leicester City FC. It's Leicester Till I Die TV. There we go. They're bringing Brad onto the pitch. Maybe they should have done that in the game. We might have got something from it then. But uh, are, are you are you ready for this, Brad? Yeah, I'm, I am ready for this. I've got the schedule already. Um, <laughs> here we go. Well, this was fun memories, wasn't it, people? This is how. And as you, this is how Leicester lined up, and um, it. This is where it all started to go wrong, didn't it? Oh, we have Chris re-entering the stream there. Uh, so Leicester lined up with their 5-3-1-1 formation that they started against Brentford in that in that layout. It's definitely what we've learned from these two games, and we learned from probably, like I said, 20-odd games last season, uh, depending on how many games we actually played with it, it felt like a season. We cannot play the three-man at the back. It does have its advantages in in terms of what we do, but it's just not the formation for Leicester. The formation, in case you missed it, the starting lineup, warning goal. I've got Fafana on the left there. Yeah, call me, call me intrigued when I thought the right-footed centre-back would play on the right. So I've got a mark on the right and obviously club captain and the anchor of that shit, uh, Johnny Evans in the middle. We had Justin on the left, standing on the right, KDH, and and uh, you're basically essentially playing as the double pivots. Uh, Madison in front of them to put the gap between that. And obviously, our most one of our most infamous is number nine, Jamie Vardy, was up top. So, how do Leicester play? Well, it's like having split personalities because as Chris will show you on the next slide that we're going to go to here. No, that's not what I. That's that's from the last game, mate. I, I thought I'd updated it. Hang on one second. We have a we have a technical error. Someone get it. Someone get in touch with Neville. Neville, yeah, Neville and um, Carrigan. Get, get, get <laughs> yeah, well, it never goes wrong for them, does it? Let's be honest no. with you. Um, and 
was we went through this before we started, didn't we? Yes, we did. And it and it hasn't updated, which is absolutely fan dabby dozy um with a dose of salt. Right, let me just see what we've got here. We'll have a, we'll have a please stand by moment. That's what we've got. Ladies and gentlemen, we do appreciate your call. <laughs> right. So this is where we were. Yeah. So we've done um, All right. This is how Leicester play at nil-nil. And I saw this against Brentford, and this is what really excited me in that first 45 minutes. And I know it sounds far-fetched after what you've seen today, but we actually played really exciting football for a total of 60 minutes, 40 minutes against, 45 minutes against Brentford and about 15, 20 minutes today. Don't need to really see the names. You can, If you can zoom in, you can see the names yourself. But this is just for purpose to help me out design them. I saw us play at the halfway line with the likes of Evans and Fafana and Amate. And Amate and Fafana were spreading a little bit wider whilst we forced Arsenal back. Our midfield has the hold of Ndidi. So that allowed KDH and Yuri to be even further up on the press. It allowed Justin and Castagne to do exactly what they do the best and stretch uh, an Arsenal defence and with it being stretched and our defence being playing such a high line what it also allowed was for one of them to push them even further back on the side and what that actually did if you can see my hand movement is it just pivoted the Arsenal defence and uh, you don't really need to have you probably see where I've laid Castagne a bit further forward and I have Justin on here that was to indicate the little pivot to push and squeeze defence out of shape so let's spread that ball to the opposite side and then get in behind with Madison with uh, Yuri Tillemans and, most importantly, Jamie Vardy being in a more attacking and divert route. And we saw that today for the bit part of the start. And we saw that against, you know, Brentford with the goals we scored and and, and with the shots we were having. And we've talked about it a lot today because it happened fairly early on. But as you'll see by this next slide, if we've got the right one in charge, or, yeah, well, we concede... Now, I haven't just flipped the board. You are correct in what you're seeing. Vardy's standing there going, oh, by myself. Because he doesn't want to be all by himself. And we'll get to that in a minute when he's in his happy place, Vardy, where he will be for the rest of the season if Brendan stops winding us up. But what happens is, is we completely capitulate because, and I can't remember which one of you commented it earlier, and I do apologise, but you're getting credit here because I was, as, as you're seeing here, I did notice it myself. When we're too close together, we're like a freaking pinball machine. We are panicked at seeing blue in front of us. We cannot play with the layers doing it. But Brendan insists on it. Our back four practically sits in the box. Castagne and Justin, as you can see, they're practically on the edge of the box. They're not waiting for it on the sidelines. They're waiting for it. The edge of the six-yard box, even waiting to collect a cheeky rollout from Ward if he was there. They weren't doing that at nil-nil. They didn't do that at one-nil turn against Brentford. Indeedy, KDH and Yori make a three-man, essentially, defensive midfield. They don't play the little V that I showed you at the start, where it's just, you know, you know, where it's just Ndidi and, and, and he's got Yori and KDH in front of him. The three of them were there. Madders was the halfway line hold-up, and Vardy was there going, if you can see me, send the flare, send ships, I need help. And that cost us... So many games last season, and guess what? It cost us again today. So, what happened when it was all just a little too late? It did this, didn't it, Chris? This is what happened when it's all a little bit too late. And this is the Leicester 
that in the second half impressed us and got us a goal. Give us that little glimmer of hope for about the 12 seconds we allowed ourselves to concentrate before we went 4-2 down. And that was a back four. Hallelujah. We got a back four. Indeed, he back not being suffocated by two other defenders. Some breathing space so we can drop in and help the defence out so they're not colliding to each other. We had the two pivots back. We had an attacking number 10. And even though at this point, I believe I might have changed it to what it became Nacho and Daka, you understand where Vardy's going to sit in that role with Daka being on the pitch. It'd be Nacho and Vardy or Daka. The point was, we got a goal from that. Yes, we conceded 12 seconds later, but that's just momentum of a goal and the fact that we'd only just switched this. And that, that is, is what we need to start doing. The one thing that does question me, and we will get onto it, with how I'm summing up our tactics and how I'm summing up maybe Leicester at the moment as a whole, onto the, the final side, the summary, if you will. The talking points that my clock has chimed into. As soon as my clock wants to stop, I will do that. So, talking points. Well, clearly we fear conceding goals. And it's becoming something that's very, very nervy. I don't remember a game in a long time that Leicester have looked comfortable being two on up with four or five minutes to go. I remember a season and that run where they played Vardy and Natural up front and everything for Sunshine and Roses. And even if we did concede, we only looked like scoring because it looked like it pissed us off. Do you remember them seasons, Chris? They were good times, weren't they? Oh, in the dim and distant past, yes. <laughs> yeah. And this is where I think I'm going to get onto this point a bit more just quickly. But we still allow our past to haunt us. Now, that blame is technically, you could argue, not completely on Brendan, but the majority would say it's all on Brendan. And that comes down to two things. The set-piece defending. That's not the first time Vardy's fringe has caught a ball and flicked it on. You know, we did that against Manchester United at home. Why are we persisting with it? But then you have to look at these players and say, hold on a minute, this is three, four seasons, four years you've been training now with this manager. Why can't you get to grips with it? You know, because as it says here, although I agree that stubborn Brendan will cost him and the players seem to get frustrated trying to play a defensive team, again, my last two points kind of summing it all up to one. We are high-pressing attacking side which we've shown we're very capable of and very dangerous, may I add, at playing. We are not a team that can sit back and sit deep and play it out slowly from the back and have seven or eight players in their own half and only one barely over, one or two barely over the halfway line. But my question is, is that a limitation in the squad's ability that we cannot play that way when we need to? Because you need to be able to shut out games one of the biggest cries from Ranieri thing is we couldn't keep the bloody ball out and that no matter what the score was, whether it was a 5-2 defeat like we had to against Simmerar, it was always, we were winning three twos. And this is now we're seeing the next side of it. And and it's uh, one of them is going to cost, both, both instances are going to cost someone their job and they're going to cost Leicester dearly this season in terms of where they'll finish and what they'll achieve or won't achieve if they keep doing it. So, Brendan, if you like your job, stop playing as a defensive team. If, if, if it's the players that can't get to grips with it, maybe you just have to realise the limits of your squad. We say this about managers being limited. You know, I think there's a very high bracket, very limited cut-off point of elite managers. I'm talking serial winners like your Jose's and managers such as that that gone down the end. And I think sometimes, even though we've got some class players, we've got a limited squad. 
And I think when you you look at that squad as as a team and and process it, they're a team that their best eleven, Leicester's best eleven, plays four at the back. It plays three three four three or three four three one two, and it goes on the attack. You know that classic England song. We're going to score more goals than you. You know what? If I watch Leicester play this game in reverse and win this 4-2 and play like Arsenal, then happy days. I'm exactly like Arsenal. I'd rather see that than see us lose the game 4-2 the way we did. And that was why we lost the game. And it's why Brendan's going to lose his job because the team can't play it, which is a bit disappointing, but maybe shows the standard of our team's overall quality. And his stubbornness is going to cost it. We need to play... Like that slide at nil-nil. We need to play that high press on the halfway line. Because otherwise, we go defensive. And guess what? Arsenal never let us get out of our own half. Because they, they were allowed to casually press us. And that's why we badly lost today, Chris. I, I agree. Great, great analysis as always, Brad. Thank you very much. Is there a saying that as a manager, you, you use your team strengths? So if he's yeah. had four years to look at this and go, well, this is the way I want to play. And let's be honest with you, he has had a few transfer windows now when he can get players in to want to play his way. But then he should be going, well, they can't play that way. So let's have a look and we'll play the way that I will get the best out of my team. That's what Ranieri did. Yeah, you know, he did. When he came in, all right, when he left, that was a different man. When he came in, he, he only tinkered with it, but because he knew that was the strength of that team. Yeah, but unfortunately, every manager's the same. They'll let the first season go, or maybe first season and a half, depending on when they get appointed as a manager. And they'll, they'll bring maybe a player or a couple of staff members in, and it won't change too much. But you'll always find, if you look back through the history of any manager's career at your club, you'll probably find that the ones that did a bit of success had periods even in their successful years where you went why did we play like that for seven games why did we suddenly have a five-man midfield we've never played them off five-man midfield he's been here two years now why is he suddenly playing a five-man field i tell you what it is it's the itch it's the itch to win your way it's the itch to win your way and as a manager no matter how good you, you could be the boss that brings all the cookies and the beers in at four four o'clock on a friday and let every guy home early and casual fridays at work but guess what you want things doing your way because that's why they get paid and that is what I mean by stubbornness. I'm, yeah, yeah. If Brendan wants to do it, exactly like you said, mate, he has to then go out and get these transfers to swap into that. Otherwise, play to the team strengths, not the individual. It is. It's not, you know, it's not rocket science. <laughs> it is. You play to the team strengths. Brad, that was brilliant. We'll just have a very quick break while I turn my light on. And then we'll be, uh, we'll be looking at and rating the players. <laughs> In a world where cat videos and memes rule the feeds. Watch us on YouTube. Listen on your favourite podcast platform. Or ask your smart speaker to play the podcast Lester Till I Die. Subscribe, like, follow and join in now. Um, and David says, totally agree with your last point. My last point. <laughs> I don't know, David. I think you've been having the points, not me. Uh, totally agree with your last point, Chris, 100% correct. If we can't do with what Brendan wants or would like, then play to the strengths of what you have. Square bags and round walls will infrequently work. Quite, quite right. So, um, 
young uh, young Brad. Let us go and have a look and see where you are going to put the players. Now, bear with me because with these players, um, I can't see who they all are. But we'll start with we'll start with Ward. Uh, I think I've still got Schmeichel on there as well, to be honest with you. But we'll start with Ward. Um, now we've not gone one to ten. We've gone a. We've gone the old school way: A, B, C, D, and U for un, ungraded. Um, where would you put? Uh, where would you put Danny Ward? Um, I'd, I'd probably put him at. See, I know people are instantly going to go, oh, buddy, he had a hanger, he had a nightmare. So did Ramsdale. To be fair, he made some good saves. He was alert. It was sort of all he could do about Gabriel, uh, Gabriel's goal. Was sort of, he, could do, he couldn't do anything about three three of the four goals. So I'm going to give him a C. Because, again, I, I, I go back to how we started the show. Castro made mistakes, mistakes early doors. But if it weren't for Ward, it would have been seven or eight or nine mil. Yeah, yeah. No, he, made, he made some. He made some good saves. So you are going to give him a C. Oops, let me get my yeah. right mouse. And with any luck, and I can't see the main screen. So you can tell me if that's worked. Yes, that's worked, mate. That has worked. Right. So next, we are going to go. Like <laughs> I, I, I feel bad now, but we're going to go for Amate. You know what? I'm going to save his blushes. I'm going to give him an E because it's apt. We don't have an E. We don't have an E. Uh, sorry. He's going to... Well, then he, well, no, I'm not going to save his brushes. I thought we had an E then and there. Um, no, no. I, I, I would E and then yeah. you classified. All right. I'm going to give him an F because he was fucking executed by Brendan today, playing him in the back three on the left-hand side. I'm going to give him an F, mate. An F. I said, I gave him an F because he was effing well executed by Brendan. <laughs> no, okay. So where are we putting him? Uh, bottom, mate. Because I, I actually get the feeling I'll get a knock at my door for putting an eye in there. But the, uh... <laughs> I mean, no. I mean, at the end of the day, mate. You know, you you it, it, you know, it's your choice, so to speak. I know. think I mean he, he did have a terrible game today, but I don't technically put all the blame at him. Uh, a right foot on the left hand side, he does no no Leicester player seems capable of playing a back three. Why do we keep playing it, bro? Sort your life out, mate. Anyway, before I, 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 I have a meltdown, I probably wouldn't have gone as low as an uh, as a you. I'd have probably given him a D because, like I say, I didn't want. I wouldn't want to blame him too much because he's he's doing what uh, Brendan's told him to but you know yeah but I know I do totally see where you are coming from so um Mr Evans um I'm gonna give him a, a C don't think he did a lot wrong no. um I the only concern I have is how boisterous is he um but he, he he was fairly solid. He he got the only assist. To, you know, he got the he would have got the assist today, wouldn't he? I think if it was for his long punt up that yeah. that uh, led to a goal. So he can still make a pass, can't he? So yeah, um, I think he did. Somebody said that, and you know, everybody's entitled to the opinion. Totally one hundred and ten percent, they are, and very much agreeing with Craig. He, you know, they said he's too slow and he won't get rid of the ball quickly enough. But 
on the other side of that, I like him because he doesn't just hoof it up and hope that it will find somebody. Mm. He actually puts his foot on the ball and goes, right, where can I... Yeah. And the thing is, Rafana provides that for him because of how he makes his long burst in runs. You know, yeah. so if he if he does go far forward and he does make 20, 20, 25 yards, he, he knows without even thinking about it, I can lay this at an angle 20 yards back and Evans is going to be there to pick it up. And like you said, he can spread it or he can knock the ball over the top to catch the opposition yeah. out. Right. Mr. Fafana, who at the end of the game walked over to the away fans, which were Leicester fans, and applauding them. And to which Brendan got asked afterwards, is that him saying goodbye to the Leicester fans? Oh, he's always going to get asked that until the window shuts and the new one opens. I, I would like to think that he's gone over to applaud them for coming down and uh, and supporting the club, which is what most players, unless you call Ronaldo, yeah. is what most players do at the end of a, a, a game, especially the away yeah. I mean, for the best part of that game, he was our best striker. Yeah, the best yeah. First half, I thought he was our our best player. Yeah, and again, miscommunication, miscommunication with Ward. I think Ward takes the blame from that. I've seen a few angles of that goal, that miscommunication, and Fofana has no reason to move because it seems like. Fafana suddenly takes his off ball to look at Ward as if to go, what are you doing? And then when, when Ward doesn't get a full grip on it and drops it, there's only one out. But Fafana can't kick out and clear the ball because the Arsenal player's seen the spillage and he's, he's moved he's moved close to that. Had that ball just dropped, Fafana would have probably brought it down, played it out and would have been fine. Yeah. So I, I'm, I, I'm free spoilers for everybody. I'm not going higher than a C. So he can go in that category because... You see, again, I, I would have probably given him a B, but... Um, well, I'm sorry, we, we no, lost... No, 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 no. Yeah. You, you're choosing, I'm just saying, giving my, my opinion. And, uh, yeah. like I say, with with, um, with Amati, I would have given him a D, but he's in you because that's what you've gone for. You are the person that's putting these players in there. Now, for me, um, I agree with you totally. As the player that's coming for the ball, you're the one that shouts, leave, or whatever you, you, your communication is. You know, he's, and he's only got one hand to it. Who knows if he hadn't collided, it may not have spilt the way it did. But no, I'm sorry, that is the one thing I would call out Ward for. He should have shouted. I can't, I can't blame Fafana for that. Mm. Um, so the next player is... James Justin. Uh, I'm going to give him a C. Fairly solid. Looked good when he was allowed to get forward. Um, didn't have a struggle down that side. Um, so, yeah, it's, 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 it's a C. Fairly solid. Great for, uh, for Justin. Okay, I've got to find him in my list of players. <laughs> They're that small. I've got to go... Uh... Is he far right on the top row? Top top row? That's that. Yeah, go over again. No, yeah. no. Is that him? Is that him? Yeah. I think I've got him there, haven't I? Yeah, I think you have. I think you have. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Ham, what did you give to him? Uh, C. C. Okay. Um, Jewsbury Hall. Can I be... Perfectly frank and honest with people, and people might castrate me that went there. 
I didn't hear him. I barely heard his name. And it wasn't until the BBC Sport reminded me that we'd made substitutions and did he he'd come off, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. I, I wouldn't have known until that was told to me again. I, you know, that, that's how... Did, did he know. come off? Um, well, if he didn't, and I'm not sure how, because no, I didn't hear his name. No, he didn't come off. Didn't, didn't hear his name. And again, okay, you have to correct that, but I'm rating a performance and... I can't believe I'm saying this because he's a guy who I feel like we've given Manon to match to since the day he started playing for Leicester. Yeah. I'm going to give him a match. Or you in that case, yeah. Well, you, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm forced to have it. And you was only because I'm old and I remember that we used to, uh, the, that's how it used to grade when I was at school. But then again, we had chalk and uh, blackboard. Oh, yeah, slate. we had, we had, we had grades A, B, C, D, E, F, and then U. So, oh well, yeah. we had an E. We didn't have anything. We had an F. We had an E. But I just it's, it was down to space, to be honest with you. I don't uh, blame you. This is the only way. Indeedy. I think it was a case of no Indeedy today, wasn't it? Uh, again, I think he goes in, in into the F section. A few times I heard his name. A few times I saw him on the ball. I honestly feel like that first 15, 20 minutes was like a vague dream that I'm trying to remember and I'm trying to tell you the story because I cannot remember our midfield seeing much of the ball. So, yeah, he goes in the F for me, mate. Yeah, or you, sorry. Yeah. Uh, I can, it'd be easy for just me to change it to an F, wouldn't it, really? It will be at some point. But you know what will happen is you'll, you'll give in and change it to an F and they'll stop saying you. Yeah. Well, yes. Yeah, you're not an awkward sod, Bench, are you? Um, no. uh, I mean, apparently, when he walked off the pitch, when he was substituted, Arsenal fans were cheering him and saying, see you next week. Uh, Yuri, I mean, if that's the sort of performance he's going to put in, all I can say is, hurry up and go. To be fair, I'm sick. I'm sick of how you're doing, bro. I'm sick of him being individualised as well. And I understand why, and I get it, but you want me. look at the greatness we're giving. Minus... Probably four. Everybody else is going to be second or bottom of this list in terms of grade. An awful game, and he can't. And again, I'm not defending him. And I understand that with the contract situation, it's easy to suggest two and two together make four. But I still feel like you shut his freedom off. What are you expecting from him? Yeah. And he can't perform when he's being told get back in your own half. Don't you dare cross that halfway line. You'll get shot by a sniper if you do because we're losing the game. And I want to play defensive. No, when you've got Yuri on the front foot and you've got them three going at the attack, uh, at the defending line of a, an opposition, you'll get Yuri Tellemans playing at his best. If he goes next week and join Arsenal for him, I, I hope he loves it in London. I hope he enjoys his bloody life. But right now, I just want this window to end. To be honest with you, it's getting on my nerves that much. And everybody individualising our team when it's, it's a bad performance all round. I mean, yeah. Tellemans gets, does get a. a a U, but there ain't many that are getting out of that section either after today's performance in game. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, Timothy, Mr. Castagna. Again, after that first little spread of spell, um, he died off. I think he kind of got a bit more involved when we switched to the two. Surprise, surprise, when you stretch the play again, what we can do. 
so I'm gonna look, I'm gonna give him a D, but he did go very quiet for for stretches of that game. So I'm gonna put him in the. He's there all alone, bless him. Can we just put Casper in there to give him company? <laughs> I'm not sure where we're gonna find what bracket in the other I've I've put um, the right one in there. I think I've got Dirk Castagne, haven't I? Well, I think so because his head looks cut off on my screen, and Castagne just looks his head is cut off, and I don't, I don't know why. But there we go. Okay, so after Castagne, we had uh, Madison, who I've got to be honest with you. Um, you say about dirty leads; they every chance they got to stop Madison, they basically took him out of the game, and it wasn't yeah. until about the seventieth minute that they actually got a booking for it. Yeah, but that comes with the territory of playing the number 10 role. It comes with the territory being good at set pieces. And people can say what they like about it. You can definitely take a free kick. Um, he scored a goal. Um, so I think I'm still going to give him a D, though, because the midfield really didn't... I didn't hear them a lot. I didn't hear them at all, really. I'm going, I can't give him a, a, a C just because he scored, I'm afraid. Uh, because it's just not... Well enough, he didn't get a chance to do a lot. And again, that's a lot of credit to Arsenal and another bemoans towards how we played the majority of that game for. Yeah. You know, I think the I think the ratings really do reflect how he had his play. Yeah. And um Mr. Vardy. You know what? I'm gonna give I'm gonna give Vardy a, a, a you. Yeah. And it wasn't necessarily his fault because, again, you know, he was probably, you could argue that he was feeding on scraps. Yeah. Again, again, this is a game I'm struggling to remember hearing a Leicester name unless I heard, oh, they've scored. And, and, and the only thing that Vardy's noted before in this game was his soft, soft, soft way of going down under no contact worthy of it. And, and, and that's it. So, yeah, yeah he, he doesn't get it for me. And this isn't. The, a case of just bad service. Nobody looks at the races today. No one looked up for it after one nil. No, indeed. Um, and um, the first substitution, uh, Pratt. Uh, was glad to see Pratt again. I felt sorry for him because like, he can, he came on, and but I think the game was gone by then. Yeah, it would. Uh, well, it was not nice that Pratt came on with nothing to go at, but I like to see Dennis Pratt back in a Leicester shirt. Uh, it was nice to see him play. Uh, again, though, unfortunately, when he came on, the game was dead and buried, and, and uh, that touch on the ball were very few and far between. I'm not going to give him a U, because it was. I'm going to stick with a little bit of... It was nice to see him get some football back in a Leicester shirt, and he didn't do anything wrong. I'm going to give him a... I'm going to give Pratt a, a, a D. Yeah, yeah. Said, the same as I said to see him nice. Um, <laughs> like Bruce yeah, exactly. Good game, good game, but it wasn't actually. No, uh, no. Daka, uh, it was a case of today, wasn't it? I, I heard him come on, but I don't remember him doing anything, I don't remember hearing his name. I mean, it was an awful game to be listening to on BBC. I tell you that much because the last website was down for me and everything else was wrong and it was horrible, but I didn't hear his name much again. So, and I like I like the fact that you know we're that 
we've probably potentially seen how the changes are going to go. But again, with predictability, Dak is going to be either like for like, or he's going to be put on, and Ian Acho is going to be brought on, and, and he's going to play either on his own or in, in, in a two. He didn't do anything. He didn't get a chance to do anything really. So I'm going to give him a U. And there's, there's no happy feeling like seeing Pratt in a less shirt that saves him, I'm afraid, Dakar. Yeah. And um, the final one, uh, Mr. Inacho. I'm giving him a C. He created, he opened Arsenal up. The game might have been 4 turn, it might have been dead to Berwick, but he opened Arsenal up. He stretched them again. He got Castagne involved. He set up the goal. He set up the goal that made it 3 2. That, you know, like I said, for them 12 seconds, we were in a game again. But Brendan, you wait. The wait, the rating is on the wall, my friend. A2, we stretched them, we pushed them hard. It doesn't matter if they took the foot off the gas. We have seen football does crazy things. I'm not saying it would have happened, but anyway. Yeah. I'm giving him that because he came on, he got an assist, and he actually did something to, to affect the game in a positive light for Leicester. Well, yeah, just I agree with you. I can't really disagree with many of those. Uh, our, our best player, and this is on the BBC website where the fans have voted, um, the best player, and you know what the best player's score was from 1 to 10? Uh, I would say 6.23. 5.04. Oh, was that optimistic? Jesus Christ. I know, and that was in Acho, followed by Madison, followed by Dewsbury Hall, Pratt, hey! Acho, yeah. uh, Justin that. Indeedy, Fafana, Evans, Castagna, Ward, Amarty, Vardy got less points than Amarty today. Um, that's so Amarty weren't that bad, were then if Vardy's getting worse than no. the, the, the favourite uh, child? <laughs> um, problem though with Evans is whilst he does take his time for a good pass, he then allows the opposing team to come on to us. Um, I mean, we're all going to have different views. The Red Imp is just sitting at the last minute, Man United going down. Well, oh, I don't know, I don't think so, but it wouldn't be funny, right? I need to go and drop the kids off at the pool desperately. So, bad. <laughs> thank you so much. Uh, matter of opinion, where can people find you? Uh, they can find my YouTube channel that you've just stated there, a matter of opinion, over on YouTube. You can find that on my Twitter page, which is at Full Time Focus. That's all one word. There's no hyphen in it. It's just full time, at Full Time Focus. Click the link in the bio there. That'll take you to my YouTube channel. It, it does exactly what it says on Tim. We'll have a weekly topic uh, up for debate, up for discussion. You guys can ask to come on the show. You can get comments in, in and we just basically discuss the topic for that week and we give our opinions on it it's free space for people to give their opinions right me back it doesn't matter if you're the only one that has that opinion it's what i created the channel for so yeah uh well, if you check yeah, them out that'd be great yeah and you've also uh that link is in the description below on youtube brad thanks very much mate have a good well what's left of the weekend and <laughs> we will see you next week <laughs> yeah well you see you next week mate. yeah, yeah. take care buddy Cheers. Take care, mate. Bye. Thank you very much to Brad for coming on there. Uh, please subscribe if you haven't done. Smash the likes if you are already subscribed. And I will see you Monday night at 7 o'clock for the Premier League and Football Review. Until then, take care of yourselves. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. And don't do anything I won't enjoy. Good night now.
Thanks for watching Lester Till I Die. This is Chris saying goodbye and see you next time. watching these videos are tremendous you better like them too or i'll be back cool i'm out of here oh that's a wrap sports social podcast network and there it is that's as good as it gets on this stage nissan townstar ev strikes again it's an unstoppable van unstoppable Look, just fantastic you can actually see the pro pilot technology in action effortless parallel parking it moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty and with a bench full of all-star van experts there's real strength in depth here that's all-star quality search nissan townstar ev and visit your local all-star van center to see for yourself Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.